And here we are. It's the Kill Your Gods podcast. I'm not recording an intro for this one because it's fucking Memorial Day and we have better shit to do. We're talking new metal. I've threatened it for a while. Here we are. And when I knew we were talking new metal, only one person came to mind, and that is my buddy. He is a writer for Decibel Magazine. He is the singer for the grind Grindcore Heroes Bandit. And just an all-around great guy. I'm I'm glad to have him back in my life. Mr. Gene Meyer, how you doing? Woo! I'm good, Jesse. How are you? I'm very good, man. I'm I'm excited to have you here so we can we can discuss some drop D tuning and uh, yeah. bad dads. Yes, baby. <laughs> I'm all about that. All about that. So before we get started, anything you need to promote, tell us where you have where you are, any shows you have coming up. Um, I have a show at the Tiny Cupboard on June 30th. That's a venue in Brooklyn. I have my own podcast, the War Porn Podcast. Uh, we do episodes every other week. Uh, it's just me and an army uh, medic veteran. And we just analyze uh, popular movies for what they have to say about the military and mental health. So Awesome. R- real quick, could you repeat the name of that podcast? I think you might have clipped the first second. It's the War Porn Podcast. War Porn Podcast. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, because I'm not recording an intro, anybody listening, come out this Friday, June 4th to the Flying Fish Brewery, where I will be putting on the Laughing Fish show. I really want this to be a monthly thing. So uh, show up. It's fucking free. It's free. You get beer. It's Somerdale, New Jersey. Things happen there. Uh, Gene, what is your background with new metal? Because I know it's something you and I have talked about since very early in our friendship. It just kind of came up. Yeah. So the first CD I ever owned, I was five and it was Rage Against the Machine, right? Who, you know, I wouldn't say they're like new metal, but they're definitely within that realm, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But my first ever like favorite band was Limp Bizkit. And that was from the ages of about eight to 12. I just, I love them so much. Their guitarist, Wes Borland, I wanted to be him for Halloween, but my parents said no. I know. And I remember the weekend of Woodstock 99, I literally watched the whole thing on pay-per-view. I didn't put on pants. Um, (laughs) It was amazing. Um, I remember, I think one of the first albums I ever owned was the Family Values Tour 1998 CD, which had Limp Bizkit, Corn, Ramstein, Orgy, Ice Cube, and I think even Incubus had a song on there. Yeah, I think Incubus was on that first one. Yeah, they they were like the opener and they had a song. Um, and then for whatever reason, around 2001, 2002, it fell out of popularity, new metal. So I like went completely closeted. I didn't tell anyone about how Limp Bizkit were, had been my favorite band. Uh, and then like around like five or six years ago, a lot of people our age started to open up about, yeah, I, I like Corn or I like Slipknot. I like Mudvayne. I feel like you even you even heard that in like underground metal music, all of a sudden like, oh, oh those, yeah. the, the, those like chunky down-tuned riffs like yes. were coming back and get, getting a little bounce in it. Yeah, well, especially in the hardcore scene, there's this one band, Vane, who released an album two or three years ago that just sounds like Slipknot. And they are like, <laughs> they're just like very much like, yeah, we 
we like that music. We want to, you know, recreate that sound. And so since then, there's been like this new metal revival renaissance. And I've just like been able to talk about it openly with people and not even just as like a joke, like, haha, you know, nostalgia trip, but like, mm. they, there are some good riffs. They're like good, you know? Oh, yeah. I, not yeah. all of it, obviously, which we'll get to, but mm-hmm. there, there's some good songs there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like there is, uh, so yeah, my own thing is when I tell people I was into new metal, I also point out like, well, I was, I was 13 years old in 1999. I didn't have much of a choice. Yeah, exactly. You know? And uh, I, I, I really liked it for the time. I think this was, this might have been, you know, funny, this might have been the first and the last time I was really in my favorite anything was contemporary. Yes. And kind of like popular. Because before that, I think like, before that, I think like my favorite bands were like Queen and Metallica, which, yeah. you know, you're, you're supposed to like, but you know, Metallica... 1996 their best days were behind them i liked them because my my dad liked them four years ago which in my age was half of my life ago but this was like empty i was buying what mtv was selling me for the first time right and it was like the fun countercultural thing like what you look back into it like uh, I was really rooting for Limp Biscuit to take number one on TRL. Yes, yes, exactly. It's time for my people to have a win, because I, yes. you know, <laughs> a- a- angry white boy from the from the suburbs. You feel like fucking Malcolm X. Yes, of, exactly, dude. Uh, Malcolm X and Jenko jeans and fucking mm-hmm. eyebrow piercings. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and it was just it was all my friends were into it, and then I I feel like a lot of kids in my age range they they split off from new metal like all of my friends in like middle school and shit were all into new metal and then they went into hip-hop and i went into heavy metal from there yeah yeah i it's funny like i think you know kind of adjacent to that scene was the band primus mm-hmm. who once i got into them i sort of like shit because they primus had a new metal album anti-pop in hmm. 1999 and they went on the family values tour in 1999 and once i got into them i got into like heavy metal but also like weirder stuff and and i just sort of like went down that path and like i said i tried to be very closeted about you know how how much i was into limp biscuit or whatever mm-hmm. it's funny you mentioned that because i do feel like a lot of the uh proto new metal like the guys from corn and I, I think it's safe to say at least popularly it's it, this happens with like micro genres where like you can point out like well this fucking band in like nebraska did yeah. the first new metal song in 1979 like no nobody gives a shit like it, it's an yeah. anomaly it's not like anybody caught it from there Corn was doing it very, very early, and they were really open about uh, not only Primus's influence on them, but uh, Mr. Bungleby. They, they yeah. actually said, like, the a lot of the guitar chords, we were just trying to find that dissonant Mr. Bungle chord they yep. used. Yeah, uh, exactly. Mr. Bungle, obviously, being the band uh, Faith No More's Mike Patton, his original band. I love them. But just to give an idea, like fucking oh they also all wore masks and uh cover all jumpsuits exactly exactly so it was good good times and 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 yeah i'll say during high school i got 
into Primus, Mr. Bungle, uh, anything that I considered like weird, Buckethead mm-hmm. and all that. But then I eventually, that led me into like, you know, death core and then death metal and then grind core. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a winding road to get to the worst possible style of music. But hell yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the kids who like in 2009 were into like attack attack and the Ohio bands like this, this yeah, was yeah. their new metal where it's like, they really yes. loved it. But looking back, like a lot of it did not age well. No, very cringe, super like, you know, I was thinking like trends for the most part in the modern scene. Yeah, you see trends, but they they rise and fall a lot quicker. They're not as ubiquitous because new metal was like it took like two or three years to get there. Mm-hmm. And then there were two or three years where it was just the only thing, right? Like mm-hmm. Slay and, and older metal bands tried to hop on. Like Slayer had a new yep. metal album. Diabolus and Musica. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like it was just this ubiquitous thing. And I just remember when Woodstock 99 happened, I felt like the world stopped to watch this. At least mm-hmm. that's how it felt to me. Well, and now like trends will happen, but they won't be as like, dominating as new as things like new metal right well i I think i think a lot of that just comes from the fact that uh recording technology is is so accessible like before it was like it wasn't the first person to come up with this sound it was the first band to come up with this sound that somebody was willing to put a little bit of money behind and distribute a little bit whereas now like innovation happens so fast it's like it doesn't even happen yeah yeah and there's like and, and, you know, with the internet, like, you know, anyone in their basement could make an album, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, you have millions of different threads happening at once, right? Mm-hmm. And this was still, this was back in the era when, like, I would listen to the radio to hear, oh, yeah. you know, because I, I remember chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. Like, I waited, like, six months for that thing to come out. And then I think a month or two beforehand, they released two singles, mm-hmm. My Generation and Roland. And I would I would stay fucking glued to the radio to hear that shit. Oh, dude, the, 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 the back in the before time when you would have a fucking blank cassette ready to go. Yes, yes, yes. And, you, and, and you'd be waiting and then they play the song and you hit record. Oh, God. That's right. <laughs> and but the other thing to keep in mind is all right, just in case somebody's listening to this and you don't know a whole lot about new metal, uh, one of the interesting things about it is it really kind of changed the way heavy music was made. Because I feel like leading up to this, it like it started kind of sludgy with Black Sabbath. Yeah. But I feel like immediately from Black Sabbath, everybody went, let's make it faster. Because yeah. like first big heavy bands I can think of, it, again, in the popular mindset, there was like, not like Deep Purple, not like ACDC, but we're following this new strain of heavy metal. They were going for speed. You had uh, Iron Maiden, Judas mm. Priest. The new wave of uh, British heavy metal bands were not like plotting. They were all getting yeah. faster. Very like up-tempo, especially Judas Priest has that like hard charging, like... Yeah. And then 
but then like literally fucking corn comes out and the goddamn brakes get thrown because the, the the first popular again there's stuff like sludge metal and shit happening but the first yeah. popular thing is metallica releasing the black album and all of a sudden the tempos are just going way down yeah yeah and then it's like pop music tempos exactly yes what's the isn't it like uh i know there's like a very specific like golden tempo that they try to make pop music at because it's just so appealing on like a reptilian level to people yeah yeah i mean like and and you know i remember watching their behind the music and they said because in the 80s they had like those four albums which are all like you know, like a supercharged version of, of Judas Priest, you know, mm-hmm. like battery was like, and then uh, Enter Sandman came out and like right away, it was like, and they said that some of their hardcore fans hated it, but like that album, like, you know, expanded them to a much wider audience. Oh yeah, and and that's uh, the the bands that actually give a shit will be the first ones to tell you. Like as soon as they get, that everybody hits a wall with speed. Yeah, and at a certain point, that's all you can do. But also, I feel like they changed things. Okay, well, for non musicians, they changed just the tonality in that they started using seven string guitars, which gave yes. them, on average, uh, especially with like drop D tuning or just drop tuning in general gave them like seven heavier notes than you would typically hear in any rock music whatsoever. And that alone could drag it down. And then lyrically like heavy metal, I felt like was so power based and then literally like inverted where this became about like mental health, inner turmoil. And I feel like it went really way too far in that direction, but that was fucking groundbreaking when it started. Well, yeah, like I, I think Sabbath set the precedent with um, music that would talk about like political, social stuff. Like mm-hmm. War Pigs is about the Vietnam War and, you know, lots of songs about drugs and stuff. And then in the 80s, Thrash was like super like anti consumerism, anti Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, you he know, sells a lot the of who's songs buying. about war. Yeah, exactly. And then Jonathan Davis came along was like, oh, my neighbor molested me as a kid. (laughs) I'm going to sing about it. I'm going to sing about it. Horsemen are drawing nearer. Like Mr. (laughs) Mr. Featherby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On leather steeds they ride. Yeah, yeah. Like you did not get vulnerability from heavy music. And suddenly it was just like naked. Yes. Yes. And, and so the thing is, and, and I think we had talked about this earlier was, you know, with Corn, with Jonathan Davis, like he did really open up about some very serious shit. And I've heard stories about when they recorded their first album, he would have like panic attacks when he was recording some of the vocals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. And I mean, I, I hate to say, it, but even that first Limp Biscuit album, you know, he's talking about struggling as an artist having his girlfriend steal money from him, mm-hmm. you know, working, coming from Jacksonville, the shithole and all that. But then you start to get the bands like Papa Roach who are like, I'm going to exploit this angle. Or even yeah. like, I, I know people love them, but fuck Linkin Park, man. That band sucks. Agreed, and like, man. 
and was, and and because like their whole thing was like this it, it took like what was a really real vulnerable thing and like made it contrived where the yeah. songs had to be about that and it, it just got lame if, if i had two bands i felt took it too far it was definitely lincoln park but uh fucking stained were so bad <laughs> yeah yeah like you watch the problem you- with stained is i like some of the riffs but he does have some songs that are like but dude, uh, he, he also overdid it in all the videos he's like fucking like curl like like, like a gut shot fucking bears like yeah i'm lonely and stuff. yeah not, not to mention i did notice this might have been the moment i stopped listening to new metal is i remember uh that stain song what is it uh, I sit here locked inside my head. Remember, <laughs> literally in the same song, he says it, it, it's pretty much like you don't pay enough attention to me. While simultaneously, you can't tell me what to do. Like, yeah, is he paying too much attention? To, is he too controlling, or is he neglectful? Aaron, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now he and now he's become a fucking Trumpy country singer. Yeah, yeah. The the new metal to uh conservative country singer pipeline. That's a big one. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like five finger death punch is like the modern equivalent yeah. of that, where yeah. Ugh. Also, I would say like Kid Rock. Yeah, kid kid, kid from fucking Detroit. F- yeah. fucking flying the, the confederate flag it's ugh. exactly exactly and we'll get we'll get to that but all right i think it's time we get into our actual uh band breakdown here and get some songs we're all gonna right. start off well it's going to be corn the same rule as the pop punk thing only i feel like there's more new metal bands of note so uh i'm gonna try to do four for every one of these so same as before you only get two of the big boys and you got to get two of like the b tier so we went with corn and Limp Biscuit, obviously as high as new metal goes. Mm-hmm. Although I think some people would put like Slipknot and Linkin Park. That was the weird thing, trying to think of like the top four of new metal. And it really can't be done because there's just too many fucking flavors. You got corn, Limp Biscuit, Deftones, Mudvayne. Uh, yeah. System of a Down even. Exactly, which I, I, a lot of people aren't sure whether to were they new metal or were they just like of the same time period? I, I think musically they're still a bit similar. Yeah. I, I, I would say so. They're just a little more adventurous and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've added some elements that other bands didn't, but you listen to that first system of a down album. It's, it's got some bounce riffs oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think the ultimate litmus of new metal is if you have a band photo and one of them is doing like the cockeyed, I'm I'm so weird. Yes. Yeah, photos, yeah. You're a new yeah. metal band. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, corn, limp biscuit, and then we're going with our masked buddies, mushroom head and mudvane. Hell yeah. So let's get into it. I'm gonna share my screen and we're gonna talk about some stuff here. First off. Big trope of the era. I would love to see it come back. For whatever reason, Corn had a lot of ridiculous animated merchandise, which uh, yes, like okay. I feel like that one's a little more modern day. But this 
everybody had this weird anime poster on the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I totally forgot about that. Holy crap. Yeah, it's... It was, <laughs> and you know, hey, keep in mind, one of the first times I saw Corn was on the uh, Sick and Twisted Animation Festival tour. Damn. So, so they were they were kind of in on the cartoon stuff. Oh, I remember that one. Isn't that like in the issues uh, CD booklet? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Other thing I will say about Corn, uh, with the exception of uh, maybe being led by Rob Zombie, they are very early in the white guys with dreads in uh, popular culture. Yes, yes. Um, which I think they might have picked up from like bands like Fear Factory, I guess. Oh, Fear Factory? Did Fear Factory have dreads? I feel like at some point they had dreads. <laughs> okay, okay. That sounds like a good bet. All right, I am going uh, to... This is, okay, can I say, this is a great song, but uh, it's super hard to talk about this song in 2021. <laughs> oh, Just because I, of its name. I, I have some weird context to this song that uh, we're going to talk about a little bit. Stuff that I'm not really proud of. But uh, so the first one is the song Faggot by Korn. And I guess let's let's listen to uh, some clips here. Already, you can hear like the the agonized scream in the background. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, there's so many good parts of this song that I yeah, think I, uh, I, I have this in my notes that I'll have to pull up, but I love like, this song has two incredible moments of like build up and tension oh, and release. Yeah. Yeah. The, when it like breaks down and it's just guitar and him. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts screaming the word and it like goes to that heavy mm-hmm. breakdown. Like here, actually, let's just listen to this whole section because it's so good, and we can talk over it. See, I I just accept that these episodes will not get up on YouTube due to copyright, so just have fun with it. Oh, uh, okay. Dude, he does that like sexual moaning kind oh, of yeah. singing, and it's like. He has such a weird vocal style. You can listen in the background, like you can hear the guitar riff. The other guitar is just making a metallic, like crick, 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 crick noise. Like they really. uh, All right, let's just get let's just get to the fucking orgasm here. And then he scats. He scats. Yeah. This is also adorable because the guy who made the lyric video for this tried to put lyrics to the scats. Yeah. He had my gun, but he had the body mighty anyway, which I mean, <laughs> yeah, like what? Sounds like it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so real quick, uh, corn, the good and the bad. They made heavy music that was more introspective, and de- you can tell when I'm going into notes, but I like how yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, introspective and darker, and about inner torment is definitely different, but it's just such an eternal mopey teenager thing. I think, I think corn made it cool to have been yes. molested. Yes, they did. They did. 
Absolutely. Or at least made it cool to, to have been bullied. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But uh, so, yeah, like I said, there's the two amazing breakdowns. Um, I will say the very end, I think it's Head does the background lyrics, uh, just yelling. Again, I'm, I'm just saying faggot because it's the name of the song. There's no way to get around yeah. it. But Head has like the perfect bully cadence. Just listen yeah, to how he yeah, said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can hear that. I can hear yeah. that bouncing off a high school fucking locker acoustically. Yeah, exactly. Like, ugh. Um, so, yeah, all right. So, I, I, I had to mention a weird fucking thing. So, in like 2008, 2009, I was stuck in a, uh, a love triangle. Okay. With a girl, with a girl named Farah that I'm still friends with. Farah was with her boyfriend from high school still that I was trying to steal uh, her away from. Her boyfriend was in the process of transitioning into a woman. And uh, let's just say, yeah, not proud of some of the things I said in that era because there were, we, we've mended fences, thankfully. But I, uh, do you ever just catch yourself and like, oh, I'm a real piece of shit moment? Uh, yes. <laughs> I was listening to this song and getting pumped up over it. And then I had, I, and I had the realization in the moment, like, oh, I'm getting pumped up to a song called Faggot that is about the pain of being called a faggot. While yeah. that is what I am actively doing in my day-to-day life right now. Yeah, definitely. Eh, not a, not a good look for old Jesse Dram there. So, well, uh, I mean, if we want to get philosophical, like corn were obviously, they were making a statement about homophobic bullying, mm-hmm. much like in the way that Chappelle would make a sketch that was about white racism. Mm-hmm. But it like the, if the frame, if it was taken out of context or from the wrong angle, like people might just be like, oh, this is a song called faggot. Sick. I love using that word, right? You have to go really far out of your way to ignore the lyrics on that one. Yeah. But, but it happens. I mean, we're talking about new metal here, and like, <laughs> you know, it the fan base uh, you know, you don't associate high intellect with new metal necessarily so no uh dude i remember one of those early oz fests i went to just uh, when you see people who do not understand heavy music even a little bit there i saw dudes in the pit at oz fest who after every song were reconvening with their friends they were keeping track of all the fights they got into in the mosh pit (laughs) that's (sighs) that's great yeah all right so you picked the song ball tongue by corn um yeah all right i guess let's just play a clip tell me tell me if you'd like a better part of the clip we'll get that so uh you know we were talking earlier about uh the primus influence and you can very clearly hear it in this song because it is uh, what's his name? Fieldy? I mean, he's just having a field day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know. <laughs> I feel like a high school dare counselor. <laughs> but 
but yeah, I, you know, I, first of all, I should say that for whatever reason, even though I'm the main lyricist of my band, I've never been a big lyrics guy. So I honestly don't know what the lyrics are to this song. I just know it's got that bounce, that groove. Fieldy is just slapping away. Um, and yeah, I, I, I assume it's about being made fun of or whatever. <laughs> I thought I, I thought it was about a tongue piercing. I honestly don't know. That's just what I always associated with it. Yeah. I mean, it could be. I You know what I loved about Korn is like, they would have like songs like on their albums about like serious, serious stuff, childhood trauma. But then they would have a song just called Ass Itch. Yeah. And it's just like the lyrics are like, I don't feel like writing lyrics today, so I'm just going to talk about. <laughs> you're like, all right, you want relatable, relatable. Yeah, I mean, it, it is good to always have like, oh, I could always just scat if I find myself in a corner. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what am I feeling here? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's some scatting in the song too. I can't, I can't quite tell, it but it's kind of a in the middle, like later. Let's see. How can you fucking doubt me, but not a. This sounds like it could be scatting. The, the lyrics say, How yeah, can you fucking he, doubt me, but not again? But he says it like, How can you fucking doubt me, but not again? Uh. <laughs> oh, wait, this part, huh? Okay, I think this is another issue where somebody yeah. tried to transcribe the scatting. Yeah, because if you hear me, he's like, and it's like a psycho monkey. All right, all right. Let me try to decipher words from that. Okay, so this little section right here, the lyrics that have been transcribed is ball tongue. They've jacking themselves onto me. Ball tongue, your fucking gangster signs. Let's let's listen and see if that's what it sounds like. All right. Okay, that does sound like you're fucking. Ah, cause I'm psycho fuck and the great fucking hallmark of the make your own video maker with the lyrics. I horribly misspelled P-H-S-Y-C-O. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice. Fuh, fuh, psycho fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they really did. They, they. If you're going to use the word psycho so much, don't appeal to like middle schoolers who yeah. still have not figured out their silent P's. Exactly. Okay. So we picked our two best. Let's take a look at our worsts. Um, oh, yeah. You picked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea this had a video to it. So let's see. Oh, yeah. You didn't. I had no. What album Dude. is this even from? It's off one of their later albums. Okay. Well, it's like I, I knew they did like a dubstep album at some point. I think this might be on the dubstep album. Nice. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we recognize this. So it's like- everything about this is a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a cover of Word Up by Cameo. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, and his face is on a dog. Word up. Yeah. Oh my god. It's just like horrible. They went to their record label and yeah. said, We need money for a music video. 
to promote our album. Like, oh, okay, tell me about it. Like, well, we're covering the song Word Up by Cameo and we're going to put our faces on dogs. (laughs) Yeah. And the record company said, say no more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jenny, give him him $200,000. Yes, yes. Uh, You know what? I don't think I don't think this is that new because this is David Silveria and he hasn't been with them for a while. Okay, I know this probably came out maybe like anywhere between five and ten years ago. Mm. Um, Definitely after they, you know, the whole new metal trend had sort of fallen by the wayside. And, you know, what happens is a lot of those bands get desperate and they pull shit like this. I mean, you gotta you gotta keep up with the times, whether you fail or not. I I appreciate that they tried to do a dubstep album. Of course, I mean, I think it goes to show that by the time Corn gets around to making a dubstep album, dubstep out al- dubstep has been it's dead for three weeks yeah. already. Yeah. All right, and I picked for my least favorite song, "Who Boy," all in the family, a a diss yeah. track. Oh, I like your notes. <laughs> from uh, a, a, a diss track from Korn's Follow the Leader, the album that broke them to America, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit. I have written here, uh, this song is the worst thing of the era. The timeline is literally Jean Benet, this song, Columbine, and 9-11. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's take a little listen to, I'm sure two young men in 1999 yeah. are going to be respectful while they you know diss each other. Yeah. Let's let's He rhymed raggedy man <laughs> with raggedy ann. Oh, uh, you know what? A couple of years ago I listened to uh, significant other, the Limp Biscuit album, all the way through, mm-hmm. and it was the first time that I was like, on a technical skill, he's just not a good rapper. No, no. <laughs> and I, I feel like uh, new metal gets conflated with rap metal a lot, but I feel like uh, Jonathan Davis had the good sense to like not really try to rap to all. He kept it to the scat and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But does he rap here? I think he does. He does kind of. Um, I, I I will say probably one of the most egregious offenders in that. Slipknot's first album when Corey's trying. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it's not good. Uh, all right. Uh, so so this is Jonathan Davis's rebuttal to the last verse. Jonathan, can you go one verse without a dad sucking a child's cock? Dude, you know, it's like there's a lot of homoerotic tension between these two. Yes. (laughs) I mean, honestly, there probably was, if you think about it, because I mean, Corn kind of broke Limp Biscuit, And I do think Fred Durst is a little more alpha than Jonathan Davis. So there might have been a weird kind of thing there. Right. I get the feeling that Jonathan Davis is is bi. I don't, because he he's had songs like, they had a song called Swallow where mm. he talks about like I swallow, 
which is funny because Faith No More also had a song, uh, Be Aggressive, that was all about mm. sucking dicks. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he, there's anything wrong with that. He, he definitely flirted with that kind of thing. Like, I don't know if you remember, uh, for a long time, Jonathan Davis's signature, he made it, he made it so it looked like the letters HIV. And even on those early albums, his he's listed as like Jonathan parentheses HIV and parentheses <laughs> Davis. Jesus. Actually, hold on. Let me see if I could actually pull that. I, I'm I'm hoping this isn't something I just forgot or, <laughs> or made up. HIV Davis. He has an HIV tattoo on his upper left arm that was inspired by his experience of being bullied. Oh well, yeah, there oh. it is. HIV. That's that's weird. Uh, yeah like if he had hiv i would get the tattoo maybe but just to that's i don't know that feels like cultural appropriation it does <laughs> a little bit i would love to talk to a gay new metal fan and see yeah oh there's plenty <laughs> so I, I don't need to play anymore but just some more lyrics in this uh there's an austin, pa austin powers reference because it's 1999 Nice. Fred Durst refers to Jonathan Davis playing his fag pipes. <laughs> Solid. Uh, they shit on Vanilla Ice despite the fact that they'll both be touring with him in six months. For oh, that's great. Yeah. J just a good line. You pumpkin pie, I'll jerk off in your eye. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> while, while Eminem is raising the bar, simultaneously raising the bar for white rappers everywhere, Limp Biscuit and Corn are just dragging it down <laughs> like the fucking, like the crab bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, just because it's Jonathan Davis, he puts in getting butt fucked by your Uncle Chuck because yeah. he certainly has a lyrical motif and it is yeah. molestation. Molestation. Okay, so that's Corn. Um, I think I'm going to let you take the lead a little bit on Limp Biscuit because you genuinely, I feel like I was always half in, half out with Limp Biscuit. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, bro, you gotta, you gotta be full in with this band. I loved, I loved three. The only album I can listen to front to back is $3 bill. The first one. It's the and, best one. Yeah. And it is also weird looking back that, uh, I, I think it's like common, common sense in the recording industry that your first hit should not be a cover that's a great way to get fucked over yeah yeah and obviously um, their first hit on this is faith and then faith. nothing on the album sounds like it yeah well i i think what happened was they released counterfeit hoping like really badly that would be a hit mm -hmm. and um it really wasn't and then they released sour which mm -hmm. is kind of a moodier song and then I think out of desperation, they released Faith, which hmm. got them like a toehold, right? Because it's mm -hmm. kind of, it's a gimmicky song, right? Like it's a George Michael cover. The mm -hmm. verse is very clean and happy. And then the chorus is extremely heavy. But then because of that toehold, they released this song, which fucking exploded. Uh, you want chorus or verse? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you're right it truly doesn't matter it let's really let, let let's, you know what let's get some chorus up in here okay okay oh, this, is, this is a good spot it's leaning into yeah, it hey.
It wasn't until like five years after I first heard this song that I realized Nookie was sex. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, one thing I will give uh, Limp Bizkit credit for in this era is that I felt like most new metal bands did not attempt to appeal to women at all. Didn't mm -hmm. talk about sex unless it was non-consensual and life-scarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, true. But yeah. No, but, it, I mean... You know, Fred wasn't molested as a kid, mm -hmm. so he had to find other things to sing about. And I guess, you know, I didn't know that he had a kid before the band really he did? took off. Yeah, he has a daughter. Wow. And I guess, like, if you listen to $3 Bill, y'all, like, he has a song about his girlfriend stealing money from him and, you know, some of those songs about his girlfriend abusing him or whatever. So, hmm. you know. Yeah, huh. I did. I did not know that about him. But like, yeah. even just looking at this video, like the iconic like West Borland with his black eyes, and e even here, like people would forget it when once we got to like Roland, where things were simplified a little bit. But God, they were a really tight fucking band. Like they were yeah. doing for even for popular music, even for heavy music, they are doing some weird shit. Absolutely. Like on this song, West Borland actually has bass strings on his guitar to create that weird sounding like opening riff. Mm. You know what? I, I, I could never figure out how to play this on guitar. And I think that yeah, might be why. Yeah, because it's 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 so weird. Here, huh? Let, let, let's take a listen to that intro again so we can. Yeah, like name me any other popular song that sounds like this. And on top of that, they had DJ Lethal who would do effects in the background to create like this like really interesting atmosphere. Oh yeah, definitely. So huh, let, let's just listen again to this uh, verse just because like really listen to the music, listener. Yeah. Like, uh, Sam Rivers is such an underrated bassist yep yep, yep. and here it's, it's super god listen to us talking about limb biscuit like we're like breaking down a van gogh painting <laughs> we're, we're fucking breaking down pet sounds here the subtlety the nuance the innovation is just phenomenal <laughs> you know, it I, is though that's what appealed to me as a kid was because like i said i i you know for me the music comes first and then the lyrics mm -hmm, right and mm -hmm. The music sounded really fucking cool. Oh yeah, it's it sounded cool. It was definitely interesting. If nothing, god damn it, I I really need to do more prep work for this podcast. But uh, which song? Which song are you doing? Um, for this for, is a great song. This is a great song. So yeah. again, like I said, um, I I don't have anything queued up. Everything's fighting against me. So I picked the song "Stuck," which is uh. Not one of their big songs. I don't think it was ever a single, but uh, on, let me pull up my notes on this, actually. So, Stuck. All right, yeah, I picked it just because it's a good song. Uh, nice and weird. Uh, Dance for my cash. It's that ass that I'm blasting. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, neat, creepy bass line. And there's, okay, I didn't need to look at my notes for this. My notes were dog shit for this. But uh, 
So I feel like one of the things that's been lost in modern metal, not only modern metal, but I feel like modern rock in general is uh, dynamics. Like you yes. don't really get up and down anymore. And for, for basic rock and roll dynamics, think of Smells Like Team Spirit, where it's just like very fucking chill. And then it's like, there's a stranger. Yeah, yeah. Loud chorus, quiet verse, mm-hmm. build up. You know, all of that shit. And you're right. Like, like, a, you know, a Cannibal Corpse song, right? As much as I love them, there's not, there's not that, okay, now the quiet part. Now the, it's all the loud part. Yeah. They'll, they'll drop it for a bar for just yeah. the bass to go. And then it's right back into the breakneck shit. Yeah. But uh, the build on this song here, I'll just do a little bit and then we can go to that uh, big breakdown part. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just going back to how fucking interesting West Borland is, is that yeah. I, I feel like he has a real like on off style uh, for, for non-musicians. One of the things that really distinguish new metal is where is metal before was very like riff based, like think like uh, master. You know, th- puppets. Yeah, think like, you know, dun, 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 and the chorus, but, you know, dun, 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 where this everything became like these simple like two, three chord things. And the interesting thing of Wes Borland is he's doing, it feels like every verse, he's doing an intricate, weird, like high up there, very sparse. And then every chorus is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, it, it, you know, we were talking about dynamics and his stuff during the verse and the guys in Korn also did this. It's just atmosphere. It's not even a riff per se. It's just like, you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um i i feel like it, this really happened on like uh corn's follow the leader and issues but i heard it actually became an issue pun intended at the time oh where they they'd been using so many effects in the studio that it actually got like very nightmarish to play live and yeah. remember to put on what setting where on the guitar pedals yeah, that, I mean, that makes that makes sense. But that's also what made them so cool is they would have one guitarist who could just fuck around while the other, like, played the actual riff. Okay. Ooh, oh, yeah, this is a good lyric to come in on. So on this, I feel like his rapping is better on this song than pretty yeah. much anything else we listen to. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because he was actually trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously calling out suicidal tendencies, somebody else who was another influence on all oh, these yeah. bands. Especially fashion-wise. My uh, Lord. Fashion-wise, yeah, yeah. That's like, God, it, it's crazy when you look at this when... Uh, when you just consider how fashion gets around and like the confusing thing, like a lot of the, like corn in particular, were from like California in a place that had, yeah, Bakersfield. So you have like big Cholo Hispanic presence and long story short, it's 2002. And all of a sudden you have kids in like Ohio dressed as like the cool, like fucking white guy thing. And these guys are like dressed like fucking Mexican fieldy yeah. looks like a fucking it looks like a gangster in those early ones yep it's true it's very true mm. 
And let's see, I'm, I want to get to this breakdown because it's so fucking good. So much cool shit happening. Yeah, 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 dude. It's this album is very atmospheric. I will say, compared to like the two that came after it. Oh yeah. So it builds up, and it's not just the build up that's cool. It's how he gets back into the regular chorus from mm -hmm. here. Mm. Yeah. I like best part of the song happens right here. Ah, just that little thing where the drums yeah, go along yep, with yep, it. Yep, 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 yep. Mm. All right, I could talk about stuck all day. <laughs> Whoa, but we got other stuff to talk about. Uh, for your worst song, you picked no sex. No sex, which. I've, I, you know, this is one of my most listened to albums of all time. I've probably listened to this song maybe twice. <laughs> oh, okay. That says it's something. so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I remember my aunt saying that she liked this song when we were young because she thought it was a good message. Oh, it's so we were talking about how, how limp is it, you know, they talk about men and women relationships a lot and this song is just fred durst being like i have too much sex and i should not do it because it makes me feel bad about myself <laughs> he's he's sex shaming himself yeah dude went too fast way too soon i feel disgusted and you should too oh my god dude <laughs> so i didn't even remember how the song sounded like I'm all I know about and you. And it's so lame. And it it sounds like Linkin Park. and Yeah. Uh, hmm. Yeah. You know what? Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Should have left my pants on this time. <laughs> yeah. Let me. Oh, it's her fault. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, very, like, first of all, confusing messaging. And the fact that the chorus is, like, they're trying to do, like, a song that has a message. Like, P.O.D. had Youth of the Nation. Mm. And, like, the whole vibe of that song is, like, this is a serious song. You should take this seriously. So Limp Bizkit tried to do that, and it's, like, oh, it's just bad. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, it, it is. It does suck that, like, again, in a genre that seems to be so anti-sex that they did put that in there. Oh, just because you mentioned P.O.D., uh, and I don't know if we'll ever get to them in another episode. Here's the lyrics to an early P.O.D. song called Abortion is Murder. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, this They're is... Christian band. You didn't know... P Dude, P.O.D. is very Christian. Like, Alive is all about Jesus. Oh, my God. I remember there was there was a girl I knew in high school. Her song with her boy, like me, me and my boyfriend's song, was alive. Like I feel so alive. Like that oh, that song is about Christ on the cross. Oh Jesus! Literally, that's that's it. Jesus, that's oh, why. God. Um, I picked. God, this song. Great is song. So no, it's not. No, it is. <laughs> so. <Dude. laughs> 
Fun fact on the song Hot Dog. Um, I have my note here. I always respect a band where one member clearly hates being in the band. And that is Wes Borland. And it, I feel like by hot chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water, you can hear him not caring anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because well, of- he, he quit shortly after, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think... Uh, I'm trying to think. Was he on Results May Vary was after this? Oh, no. I remember... Because once he left the band, I was like, I think I'm done with new metal. I need to find something else. Mm. Which, you know, what? it, it sucks because I felt like he had so much potential that he never really delivered on. Like, yeah. uh, they announced like, ooh, uh, Wes Borland has a, a side project coming out. Everybody needs to check it out. Everybody was excited. And he puts out Big Dumb Face. Oh, dude, I love Big Dumb Face. Hold on. You, know, you know what? This is this <laughs> is worth bringing up. Uh, Big, dumb li- Big Dumb Face, Duke Lion. Oh. So this was a gag band. That oh, Wes Borland had so with his little brother. And here's the thing. I can respect it now as an adult, but like yeah. this got airplay on MTV. So it's it's 2001. I'm all stoked because the one really cool guy that's into heavy music is coming out with his own album. All right, Wes Borland, take me there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's so This got on MTV. I can't believe I've never seen this video. Oh, dude, it's so dumb. <laughs> oh yeah. How did this not take off with the kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> See, I could play this entire thing. I have no worry about getting copyright strikes for it. Oh, Wes. So yeah, he had a lot of potential. He was very interesting as an artist, and I feel like he just did nothing with it. Um, I don't know that album. It's super Ween inspired, and I love Ween, but like Ween can also turn a lot of people off too. So yeah, like I said, I came I came around to it, but thirteen years old, I was not listening to fucking yeah. Duke Lion. Um, <laughs> so we can listen to some of Hot Dog, but some fun facts. Uh, so adorable. Fred is trying to start a beef with Trent Reznor on this, who is about two years from being super jacked Trent Reznor, who will have yeah. no issue taking care of husky titty boy, Bobby Hill physique, Fred Durst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the fun, the, the chorus of this song, he's shitting on Trent Reznor, but then the chorus is like, uh, you know, you want to fuck me like an animal. You want to feel me from the inside. Trent Reznor is listed as a songwriter on this song. So Trent Reznor was basically in the weird position where he needed to give approval to a diss track about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This whole album, like they have a song called My Generation. And I, it's like, isn't that a Who song? Like this album contains a lot of, and then they have- um, he, He's definitely referencing it because uh, it, My Generation obviously is known for like, you know, uh, people tried it. Put us down. They have the yeah. stutter, and he says, "My jit generation." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they might have had some weird connect. I don't know if you're aware of this. Do you know that Roger Daltrey is in the Break Stuff video? 
No, holy shit. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it because it blew my mind. And when you see this, you'll immediately go like, I always wondered who the fuck that guy was in there. No, you have got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding. They don't, they really don't. Uh, the, the, the girl who flashes her, her big bra yeah, yeah, yeah. in this made, made me feel some things as a young boy. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. So he's literally on the screen for like a second, and it's not crystal clear that it's him. But if you look up Roger Daltrey break stuff, like it is, he is in, listed in this video, like on IMDb. Wait, let me. Yes, you you look that up while I try to find that because I I want to find the boob girl too. Uh, Eminem's in there. God, everybody was in this fucking video. I know. Isn't Pauly Shore in it? Yes, hold on. I know it's in the breakdown. Because they just show him for like a second. The shots are so quick that like, I can't really like pick and choose. Oh, Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore. Come on, Roger Daltrey. Where are you? I love that break your breaking face tonight. Yeah. Fuck. I think we're just going to end up watching this whole video at this point. Because. Yeah. Come on, Roger Daltrey. Where Come are on. you? Ah, oh, there's the boob girl. Yeah. This looks like it was probably really fun to make. Oh, absolutely. I do miss, I, I miss music videos where it was literally like putting out an email to your fans and being like, we're going to be at this location, yep. meet us there. And it's and a skate park. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I know it's in this video and we can just continue to, what were you, there's the boob girl. Love her. Um, it does have him listed on IMDb as being in the break stuff video. Okay, he's literally in it for one second. So. Uh, this is obviously, we'll talk about this more in Hot Dog, but this is, unfortunately, I feel like after the first album, Fred Durst started feeling himself a little bit, and that's yeah. when he became, like, real frat boy, mm-hmm. like, let's start a riot at Woodstock, and also, like, a fucking girl was trampled to death at a mm-hmm. big day out in Australia. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Oh, yeah. All right. So, I can, I don't need to look up those notes, because I just know that, Um Weirdly enough, they have the Big Day Out Fest in Australia, which is like an annual uh, outdoor show they always have. Mm-hmm. Um, at the drive-in, in one of their final shows before breaking up, played that and actually started a big controversy because they cut their set short because they flat out were like, you guys are being too fucking rough, knock it off. And people just booed him and threw shit at him on the stage. There is he that is. Him? That's him! Holy shit! Holy shit! Where is it? That's Tommy. Oh, that's Roger Daltrey? It's Roger fucking Daltrey, yeah. <laughs> what? That's so weird. Who wouldn't, don't, don't you think he'd be like featured? Uh, I, that's, that's, that's one of those mind-blowing facts. Yeah. Holy shit. But it's, always, it's all the more mind-blowing because everyone in our j- j- generation saw this <laughs> fucking video and nobody picked it out. Oh my God. That's so wild. So hold on, let me actually pull this up yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, 
this is pretty interesting in and of itself. Because he just starts fucking ranting. Like, were you a fan of At the Drive-In at all? I love the, the what's that song? One Arm Scissor? One Arm Scissor is a great song. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Um, Let's hear it. A, a great rant of the time that nobody gave a shit. I'm sorry, listener, if you're not aware of this, but this is what their in-between songs sound like. Come on. Here. I love Cedric. <laughs> wow. So they did that before walking off stage because they thought the crowd was just being too violent. They got criticized and made fun of for it. And literally the next day, like a bunch of people were trampled one to death because Limp Biscuit was like, not being cool yeah, yeah like literally they were like like security was begging fred to stop and he's like the fuck you say to me you little shit uh yeah i mean he's kind of a chump what can i say you know hey, he got, like a chump hey yeah he got into that fight with insane clown posse he's an ass well there was also the famous all that this could have just been marketing don't you remember when Slipknot said that uh, Fred Durst said all Slipknot fans are just like little fat kids? No, but uh, it sounds like something you would say. It, was, it, was, it wasn't anything said on recording or whatever. It's just Corey Taylor started saying that live, saying like, we will fucking kill you, Fred. Don't talk shit about our, our maggots. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Let, let, let's listen to some fucking hot dog here. Hell yeah. Oh, and whatever. Oh yeah. Poetry. <laughs> yes, I, I think he's really pulling from Walt Whitman on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he just slip an N-word in there? No. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no. Who was in the back doing Lethal. what? DJ Lethal. Lethal, okay. Yeah. yeah. Bullet dodged. <laughs> you know. This is also, like, this is the, not including the intro, this is the first song on the album. Yeah. Fuck's just the word and it's all fucked up. <laughs> okay, so, so this song is about nothing but saying the F word, like yeah. a fucking 12-year-old who just figured out you can say it. Yeah, dude. And it's then it, and now it becomes about Trent Reznor? Yeah. What did he say? Like, with a nine-inch nail, get knocked the fuck out? That's exactly what he said, Gene. Let's take a listen. Fucked up AIDS and fucked up sex. Yeah. 
Well, fucked up me? No, fucked up you. Fucked up me, fucked up you. Uh, just... Yeah, and like, what's he thinking? Like, oh, you know that really famous Nine Inch Nails song? I'm just gonna, you know their chorus? I'm just gonna take that and use it as my chorus. Yeah, that's also a, a very weird thing to do. Like, yeah, I'm going to, you know how I'm going to put you in your place, Trent Reznor? I'm going to make sure you get royalties from this song. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Ugh. Okay. Um, I think we're good to get into Mudvayne now. Okay. I think we'll have a little bit less to say about Mudvayne, but um, what were the, yeah. did, did you pick Dig? Was that one of them? Yeah, yeah. So I remember... Mudvayne came a little later. I remember seeing this video on MTV2, and I was just like, this was the first time I saw a band, and I was like, this is the heaviest thing I have ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. And you know what? I, I'll still listen to it sometimes and be like, yeah, this is pretty fucking heavy. And 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 the video is iconic. They're all wearing like face paint and all this shit. They're in like a white room. It just, it, it's brutal. And it was the first time I remember seeing a drummer use double bass pedal. Oh and yeah, was, no, they, they really highlighted in the video. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's brutal. Okay. So before oh, we yeah. even start, I, I need to, I need to show, you know what this video yeah. is? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so just so great. All right. So this is a video uh, featuring Mudvayne, and it says yeah. "Most Brutal Metal Scream 2012," and who boy is it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's the so internet good. is a beautiful place. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this was uh, their first song. Uh, you picked this one, although honestly, I could have just as easily picked this song. Yeah, such a good song, fucking. It, it really, it really fucking is. It's just, it, you know, it's a couple months ago. I was thinking, like, if I had to make like a list of, let's say, the twenty most influential metal songs in my life, this would definitely be on the list. Oh, Hate definitely. Yeah. Well, I feel like. Uh, so this this came out after Slipknot, and I will think I do think one of the things that Slipknot changed in new metal is that's when uh, a lot of the vocals made the leap from like shouty to yeah. actual like close to death metal stuff. Yeah, screaming. Yeah, yeah. Well, Slipknot. I I read um, Albert Mudrian wrote like a history of death metal, mm. and he talked about how Slipknot, like they, unlike bands like Corn and Limp Bizkit, were like. Yeah, we grew up listening to Morbid Angel and Day Aside. Mm -hmm. We tried to incorporate that influence into what we do. And you can definitely hear it. It's more death metal influence. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I would definitely... So they come in right out of the gate. They have a very interesting uh, visual appearance. Oh, yeah. Which I think their biggest mistake was their second album. They tried to change it and made it yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. We're aliens now. We're going to change it every album. And the world collectively said, bring back the fucking long blue beard. Yes, exactly. I was so psyched for that second album. And I was, it was kind of a letdown. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, uh, I've read a lot of things where this is a band that's kind of cleaved right down the middle where you have the bassist and the drummer who are like jazz guys and sound like it. Mm-hmm. But the singer and guitarist ended up in fucking hell. Yeah. One of the oh. dumbest bands ever. And I think it it kind of it kind of shows like the fucking <laughs> this was like the the two fucking, uh, you know, jock gangster kids in fucking Iowa hooking up with like we we need to round out the band let's go find like the coolest band dorks yeah exactly exactly so yeah so let's check this out like I feel like just the intro and the outro is all you really need on this but like listen to the fucking slap bass and the way it's so good oh I forgot it has this big dumb intro with like (laughs) fetus molecules The guitarist glued hairy spikes to his face, and I am all about it. Dude, have you seen the the documentary on like behind the scenes making of this video? I have actually. It I watched like all twenty minutes of it right when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fascinating. It really is. Oh, by the way, fun micro genre of new metal: the shirtless bassist. Yes. Yes, you have uh, you have this guy. You have Shavo from System of a Down, who was always yes. shirtless. Um, I feel like there's more I'm not remembering, but it did uh, feel like the base. Fieldy wore a tank top. He never went shirtless, but he let, let, let's shirtless. be honest. If Fieldy was in better shape, he what he wanted to be that guy. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what's funny? I actually you remember when Corn was on South Park? Yeah. Uh Fieldy apparently was really upset that he was made the Velma in that. Oh, no. and, and, and there's interviews with Matt and Trey where they talk about it. Like, man, don't make me Velma. It's like, Fieldy, you're you're the little dumpy one with glasses. I don't I don't know what you'll want me to do for you. With the body shape of Velma. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know a single lyric to the song, and I'm fine oh. with that. Dig, bury me underneath everything that I... It's all about suicide. Of course. So. Ah, and listen to that fucking slap. Now, I I will say one thing that is bullshit is I remember reading, like, in a guitar magazine, uh, the singer talking about, like, oh, yeah, I had to cut off my beard because it was, like, strangling me in my sleep because he has a long beard, like, down to his belly button. You can see in the making of the video, it's clearly extensions. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They they really... I don't know what they were thinking. Like, Slipknot never changed their look. I mean, it evolved, but they didn't... It wasn't, like, the next album they were, you know, wearing something else. But these guys, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Big miss. They, they tried to pull up Dexy's Midnight Runners because they, yeah. they were ones where, like, we're going to be in overalls. And the next one, like, we're going to be in a tuxedos. Yeah. And let's yeah. just get overall. Hits him so. Yeah, he he, he he hits himself because he's so sick and twisted. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I always have respect for like the drummer here. Oh yeah, there's that double bass, oh, yeah. huh? Double bass, yeah. Come on, where is it? So so the bassist and the drummer combined, I have so much respect for guys who are willing to have 
horrible hairstyles that they clearly yes. need to wear in public forever. Just to, yeah, because the, the basis has the two devil horns. Mm -hmm. But you know that when they're not like, like propped up, they just look like two spots of hair on his head. Oh yeah. So uh, I, I I always go for this in um, in wrestling. There was a tag team known as the Road Warriors, where in like the eighties, one guy had a mohawk and the other guy had the opposite of a mohawk. He just had the two little strips of hair. Oh on either my side. god! For thirty years, those guys had to like. How do you pull off that hairstyle when you don't have spiky shoulder pads? Oh on? my god, dude! You just gotta wear a hat. That's, That's it. what they did. That is what they did. Oh my God, that looks horrible. Yes, they did it. They did it for their arts. And that's no, uh, true. It's true. Um, so, second single from that album here. Let me look up my stupid notes because I haven't figured out a way to implement them without having to pull them up in the middle of the show. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, great harmonics on this song. Some good, good lyrics. Uh, Past has found its peace. Salvation is no more. Will God accept my peace? bleached part will pardon me reflections of my life are fading wow yeah yeah i remember hearing the lyrics to this song as a kid because he says a poem at the end yes he does i was just like whoa that's really deep mm -hmm. um i i do all right hold on we could just play it because it's really fucking good not to mention like they fly an old lady as a kite in this video <laughs> what oh yeah Um, I, I, where do they fly her like a kite? I, I know that happens. There is also uh, a gnarly fucking... So the music changes up in this one a little bit. Like, listen yeah, to the if, change here. If you listen to this album, LD50, oh, it's super proggy. There's a lot oh, yeah. of tempo changes and shit. Yeah. It's, there's like real structural changes, tempo changes, time signature changes. Yes. And by the way, we're really harping on it now because that shit's going out the fucking window after this yeah. album, yeah, which, is, yeah. which is a bummer. Oh, they got to listen to that fucking bass. Yep. That's right. This leads into the uh, I'm coming home part. Oh, yeah. I'm coming. Uh -oh. Young angsty Jesse Dram definitely angry walk the halls oh, listening to the yeah. song. So cool. It, it, it this song rules. Oh yeah. And of course, just now knowing this from a filmmaking perspective, just what an awkward day at the beach that must have oh, been. Oh yeah, you have an old woman and a child. <laughs> Act traumatized. More traumatized. Okay, lay yeah. there. She's gonna she's gonna kick sand on you like oh, a cat God burying my. a turd. Jesus. They had iron lung. <laughs> somebody in, in that production staff had like, okay, how are we gonna get this iron lung on the beach? Oh. <laughs> See, old lady oh, kite. There it is. Old lady oh, kite. God. That you know, talk about metaphorical images. <laughs> I mean, it, it, they do talk about kites in the lyrics, so it doesn't come out of nowhere. Um, pretty right. bad. No. We, we, we got to get the poem at the end, although yeah. I think his voice fucks it up because he has a total, like, twa kind of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. 
And then a gloom as wide as an eye of fermenting, roiling hate, death gripping my veins, unveiling rents of petals, flowering forth foul nectar, space between a blink and a tear, death blooms. Eat your heart out, Maya Angelou. That's yeah, what dude. I have to say. He should have spoke <laughs> at the Biden inauguration. <laughs> <laughs> Rancid petals falling Rancid upon petals. the petals. <laughs> I'm so dark. Oh. oh God. What? Is this just like, I, I do have to wonder. Okay, so divorce spikes in the United States in the 1970s. If you're about five years old in 1978, you're prime and prepared to start a new metal band in the 1990s. Is new metal... Is new metal the child of divorce? Oh, is- absolutely. I mean, you were talking about Stained earlier. That whole first album is like, my parents got divorced. I, you know, fractured family life, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I didn't get enough attention growing up, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Definite latchkey kid oh, music. Yeah. Big time, big time. All right. So, I mean, we have plenty of criticism, even of the good stuff. So let's yeah, listen to the yeah. bad stuff now. Uh, why did you, well, let's do it, play a little bit. And then you can tell us why you picked hat. Oh, there's a butterfly. Oh, look at that. Even, even the title is bad. Happy question, question mark. mark. Yeah. And if, if you notice, they're not wearing the makeup. Oh no. The makeup, the makeup is gone. Almost all the cool shit about them is gone. Yeah. yeah. Like, listen to that. This could be any band from that decade. This is when, like, you know, at the same time as new metal was happening, you had, like, Creed and Nickelback were, Mm. like, becoming real popular. So a lot of the early new metal bands tried to ape that sound, and it's just fucking awful. It's awful. Yeah, like... Like this, this actually really blows my mind because in the fucking video, you can see like the bassist is trying to do interesting shit. It doesn't sound like it made the cut on the record. It sounds like any. Okay, I can hear it a little bit. A little bit, but. Is it making any difference? Yeah, he's, he's doing like a less Claypool in the video, but you can't hear any of that shit. <sighs> it's Just, bad. It's bad. Yeah, it is. So uh, I picked the song Forget to Remember because uh, so triple threat here, mediocre butt rock song, super dumb lyrics, and it's a tie in for Saul 2, which I miss. I miss when they had songs exclusively come out related yep. to like uh, yep. tracks. Um. Let's listen to some lyrics. When I turned my back on you, I turned my back on myself and became this machine. And the chorus, he repeatedly says, thoughtless, selfishness, arrogant. Shadows in the sun filter through us, still wrestle the demons that arrested me as a child. Oh, God. And also uh, the line, can you save me from myself? Which I do feel has been in like That stabbing westward song. It's right? in Stabbing Westward. It's in also Pink's uh, Don't Let Me Get Me. Because I'm a hazard to myself. It's it's something a lot of people try, and it's almost never any good. It's a cliche. Yeah. Just, well, Let's hear it. You know what's funny? In this era, there's also... 
I always think of Evanescence as like, you know, wake me oh. up inside, wake me up inside. What does inside mean yeah. in that sentence? Because there's a lot of songs in that area where they just like, I need, I need two syllables inside. Perfect. Let's mm -hmm. go. Oh, this is bad. That melody is literally one note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. He, he adds two notes at the end. Don't strain yourself there, Chad. Yeah, this is the Linkin Park influence. Oh, yeah. Yo, you want to see a band that Linkin Park really fucked up? Crazy Town, every Crazy Town album after the Gift of Game, they are trying so hard to be Linkin Park. Linkin Park. Oh. Lincoln Park. I don't know. They Lincoln Park were the first new metal band who came out that I was like, I don't like this. It seemed way too. I mean, looking back, I I really do feel like, oh, I was kind of sold sadness porn when yes. I was most vulnerable to. There are, you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say something controversial. I think there are definitely teenagers who killed themselves in the mid 2000s who would not have done it without the extra cultural boost of all like the emo new metal shit. Yep. I'm not, I'm not saying it causes depression. I'm saying it can really get you in a place of wallowing that I think yes. is not healthy. Yes. I, I, I remember just like, well, you know, I had a fairly tough childhood with bullying and all that. And just like you relate to it and, and, you know, I, I remember thinking like, oh no, this is good. This will give me material to write about songs when I get older, mm. <laughs> right? Which is weird, but you know. Oh yeah, hell yeah. No, they, they didn't become hell yeah till later. They were still uh, Mudvayne here. So, sorry. I, I, tried lo to... I love Mushroom Head. Okay, yeah, we got a little head. So our final band we're going to cover is Mushroom Head. And before we get into anything, they went through a weird thing a few years ago where they started doing like Confederate flag bullshit. And they're from Ohio. They're from Ohio. Yes, the 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 heart of the Confederacy. Oh, damn. They really did a lot of that crap. Yeah. I mean, it looks like oh, that's just Ted Nugent there. But yeah, some things went a little that's little sideways. Mushroom That's Head, weren't they all? Yeah, they had a beef with like Slipknot because they were both like math bands from the same geographical overlay. Yeah, and, and I think they accused because they actually started maybe a year before Slipknot and they accused mm -hmm. Slipknot of like stealing their sound or whatever. Uh, I don't think they stole their sound at all. Their sound no. is so different. Yeah, although it's funny on the later Mushroom Head albums, they're obviously trying to sound like Slipknot. Of course. You know, but the 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 album that this song came off of, like their shit was like way moodier, and they had like keyboards and shit, mm -hmm. and they had like they were the first band I remember where it was like nine people in a band. Really, Mushroom Head before Slipknot. Well, I I mean I'm talking about I remember buying an issue of Hit Parade in like '98 or '99. Wow, that is an old sentence, and I respect yeah. it. Yeah. And reading about Mushroom Head, and I was like, whoa, they have nine people in this band? Holy shit. 
It is a lot. And it's much like Slipknot. Well, I feel like Slipknot, you can at least feel the presence of Sid, the DJ. Mm-hmm. But Mushroomhead, it's like, I hear two guitarists, a bassist, a drummer, singers, and a keyboardist. I don't yeah. know where these are. They do have two dedicated singers, so that adds yeah, to it. that's true. They have the guy who sings and then the guy who growls. Yeah, and I, I do love the guy that sings has a really weird, like, uh, spooky, taking my time. Yeah. Like he, he does have a very interesting, like, fucking horror movie yeah aspect to them so we picked uh you picked before i die as we mentioned they actually they're it's weird that their breakout album was actually like a compilation album of Mm -hmm. earlier albums right and which i didn't know at the time yeah i mean well how would you know it's a it's a brand new band so i was a little hmm they you know i will say they were the one band you that had a keyboardist, and you could definitely hear it over. You can hear it in there. Oh wait, 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 wait! We just saw the the band members' cool guy names, their stage names, go by one by one. Let's see if we can pick these out. All right. So so far we have had Bronson and Gravy. Mm-hmm. Don't want to mess with those guys. Stitch. And Schmatz. Oh, we got we got a Yiddish there. We got, he must be Jewish. Somebody <laughs> from the tribe. Would you like a little <laughs> mushroom with your head? Why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, this is the best. This is the best. There's more. Okay. There's one more. Skinny man. Pig Venus. So their bass player's name was Pig Venus. <laughs> wow. Yeah, dude. There was a there was a wrestler. <laughs> there was a wrestler in uh, WCW around this era who went by the name Hugh G. Rection. So. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, people shit on puns. Puns are can be genius wordplay. They're amazing. They're <laughs> what make the world go around. You know what's funny? I was actually working in indie film in my early 20s, and the first movie I ever worked on, uh, our, the guy who edited the movie was a former member of Mushroom Head. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think he was out by this point. He might have been in the solitaire unraveling. I'm not sure, but... Uh, okay, hold on. We actually haven't listened to much of this. So, sorry, sorry, Pig Venus. We have to go listen to your art. Ooh, little kids fighting. Okay. I, I will give them credit for one thing. Uh, Slipknot, who were so obsessed with like hiding their faces, they're really just, despite being a mask band, there's really no mystery to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the singers uh, just wore face paint. True, true. Which was actually an interesting like you know combination, like not just going straight up. Because, you know, I know they tried to talk up Slipknot, like, we're we're doing this to be anti-rock star. Like, yeah, okay, you're you're making ultra-sellable, rare, high-quality merch to, yeah. to not be famous. Gotcha. Yeah. Just just admit you're ugly Midwest guys and you don't yeah. have good faith. Nobody wants to see fucking, like, Clown from Slipknot looks like my dad. Oh, really? And I, he, haven't, I haven't seen any of them without their, except Corey. Hold on, I Sean Crayan. Hold on, Crayan without mask. He has 
always he oh. always looked like that. Dude. That's just like an auto mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, did you sneak into my whiskey? No, Dad, I didn't. <laughs> oh God. Where's my Leonard Skinner cassette tape? Oh my God, dude. Oh God. And that fucking thing. Like that. It, I we got I gotta do Slipknot in a later episode because yeah. shit like that where he would just like Eh, I'm crazy. I have a gun to my. That was his like pose. Oh Jesus! Um, so for my good mushroom head song, I picked the song "Solitaire Unraveling." Great me... song. Great song. Very good. Um, so they really make the good cop bad cop vocals. Uh, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, it has a weird thing. Can't tell. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I. This is what sucks. I go like, oh, let me check on my notes, and like, and I've already said half of this. Wonderful. <laughs> it's already very cool. Super moody intro, weird dynamics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that is a weird entrance. Like I, I could almost hear this song in a remix, starting with a little ding, 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 and then jumping right into the chorus from the beginning. Yeah. But they went with a very interesting structure where they wanted to like level it up as they go, which I kind of dig. Yeah, yeah, the vocal fry. So yeah, there's the weird vocalist. Yeah. Fucking background gasping. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I I will say this. I think they look cooler than Slipknot. They do look cooler than Slipknot. It it, yeah. it definitely like, looks cooler with with two front men sticking out and everybody else being kind of like samey. And and the one front man who's wearing face paint, I think his face paint looks pretty fucking sick. Well, they also I don't know how much they did this on stage because they changed it around here, but I also like that like half of them are in black, half of them are in white. Yeah, it makes a really cool contrast. And uh, th- this video definitely has shades of uh, the Unforgiven by Metallica, where it's like a man condemned to just kind of walk forever. But yeah. as everybody knows, I have pet rabbits, so if if a, if a fucking music video has a Trojan rabbit in it, I'm going to be all in <laughs> on it. And I want to get the the fucking bridge of this song is so cool and has like really weird lines that I like. Oh yeah, yeah. Suffering. It's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. And what there's great interplay between the two guys too. That line, I don't know why that always stuck out to me. Have you ever been inside the new masterpiece? That is evoking yeah. something really well, cool. Well, you know what? It, it This was the era of Y2K. The world was changing, you mm-hmm. know? So that's that was my interpretation of that line. <laughs> okay, okay. As um, a year-old. So yeah, there's just good stuff happening there. Uh, weird lyric. There's a calm before the storm and the Western front was quiet. I've got Rembrandt as my right hand and Solo as my pilot. What the fuck does that mean? Again, it's they're hinting at a a Star Wars reference. It's gotta be Han Solo. He is a pilot. 
I mean, I don't know. He's a good pilot too. He can uh, make yeah, the stars dude. run in 12 parsecs. I, I fucked up that quote, but. Oh shit. Okay. So you picked empty. Why did you pick empty spaces? I'm curious. Um, well, I'll be honest. <laughs> it, because you took solitaire unraveling. <laughs> I was like, uh, I picked this because it's a cover of a Pink Floyd song. That's right. Okay. 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 Um, and in my experience, anytime a new metal band tries to cover classic rock song, it's a disaster. <laughs> hey, yo, I will give one exception to that. Fucking corn covering parts one, two, and three of another brick in the wall. I think yes. it's a great cover. But I did they do a studio version or did they only do that live? No, they did a studio version of that. Oh, okay. I, I think that was actually a single for so oh okay. This is even better. They have a live video in Moscow, no less. Yeah. You can tell the budget went down a little bit because I think the singer is just wearing like a Jason mask. Who in Russia likes mushroom head? That's a good <laughs> question. I mean, you know, of all the bands. Look, and that place is fucking packed. It might be one, like, you know how there's a lot of American bands that are huge in Japan? Maybe Mushroomhead is just huge in uh, fucking Moscow. Huge in, in post-Soviet republics. Okay, so I see they fully went, like, Slipknot here, where they literally have a guy who's yeah. just playing toms at the front of the stage. Yeah. The, you know, because Slipknot became way more popular than that. Oh, they so and they, they have two of them doing it. Ape, ape them, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It looks cool, but I mean, it's kind of Blue Man Group. Yeah. And look, no one's wearing face paint. They're all wearing masks. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll cover that in the bad one I cover, but uh, yeah, their their masks get bad. Their whole thing gets bad. Like, everything's too yeah. weird. Uh, what was the other song you picked for Mushroom Head? Uh, empty, empty Spaces. No, no, no. Oh. What? No, no, it was the one we had. We we already. Oh, that's right, it. that's right, that's right. We already did that oh, one. Okay, right. okay. So, uh, yeah, that one wasn't that. that that's kind of interesting. It's not good. No, <laughs> no. All right. So the final one we're gonna wrap this up on is yeah. Qwerty, and I mentioned this to you. This fucking <laughs> video has forty-one million views, and I don't know how. How? That's like, weird. Huh, actually, we're just going to look up. I'm going to put in Mushroomhead music video and let's look up how many views it got because QWERTY is from 2014. Well beyond. Okay. Three months ago, 95,000 views, uh, 1.6. Yeah. It really feels like no other video even scrapes the numbers. You know what it, it, it could be is that maybe a, a meme came from that video that sent like millions and millions of people to look it up. Mm, maybe. That's I mean, the could, only possible explanation I could think of. Well, obviously, QWERTY comes from like, you know, the first uh, six letters at the top of the keyboard setup. Yeah, Lily. Oh, oh, wow. You just blew my mind. You, <laughs> you never knew that? Yeah. But like, yeah, Lily, it is a drop off of 24 million views between their most popular and least popular video here. Damn. And, Play the uh, song. Yeah, definitely. 
hate it already. Like, ugh. Oof. I'm spooky. I'm oh, a spider. Man. Oh, God. This came out in 2014? Yeah. Okay, so first off, big mistake. Yeah, oh. way to make a mask for your singer that covers his fucking mouth. You rebel yeah. geniuses. Yeah, yeah. I, uh. Uh. <laughs> oh, I will say, strange. yeah. Oh. The one improvement is fucking Handface. Handface has a cool goddamn mask. That is a cool mask. Yeah, if you're looking at this, if, you, if you're just listening to this, his mask has like, it looks like hands over where his eyes should be, and his fucking te- like jack o' lantern teeth are made from fingers. It's really cool looking. It it is. But you as can we see go, eyes too. Wait, what was that? Yeah, I said you can see his eyes. That that's right. Creepy. This is where it falls apart. The bassist is wearing a fucking vest and a top hat. Oh, which just. The one is just wearing an army helmet. Like it's getting it's getting a little lazy. <laughs> Dude, that mask looks like Magneto. Yeah, he does look like Magneto. Hold on. I, I think we need to go back and listen to just how bad that verse is once he starts <laughs> rapping. It is like the epitome of like, ugh. Oh. All right, just a little guideline for musicians everywhere. If you if you ever need to call in your friends, be like, "Hey guys, we need somebody to yell boom boom in the background." Can I get like <laughs> seven of you? It, it wasn't a good idea for POD. It wasn't a good idea for saliva. Just, just keep <laughs> parents keep booms away from your uh, angsty yeah. white children. It's, it honestly sounds like ICP. <laughs> it does a little bit. It's got the spooky carnival mute. Man, they're just ripping off all over the spectrum. Every band. I had a bad time. <laughs> oh, God. The, yeah, the interplay isn't anywhere near as good between the vocalists. No. All right, hold on. Let's hear, hear what Face Hands has to say. Patriotic Parasite. He is actually, he is looking and sounding a lot like Odorous Arungus, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. Literally every element we point out about this video is from another band. Yeah. They're <laughs> literally just, it's a, it's a pastiche. It's like, okay, we have yeah. slash. What do you do if you have Slash's top hat, Fred Durst's terrible singing, and Odorous exactly. Arungus's latex fucking face? Yeah. Um, let's see. I uh, got yeah. When the rich rage war and the patriotic whores dig their own graves for their own sake, another casualty, another travesty, another motherfucking German shepherd growling with his teeth, stepping, bitch slapping, smack rapping, kick you in the bass drum, boom boom, alpha to Zulu. I'm here to say fuck you, and that's why I deserve a bigger allowance, Dad. Dude. When 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 new metal bands try to go political, nope, nope, nope. Keep it to your your neighbor molesting you. <laughs> yeah, especially these guys. Like uh, also, by the way, our politics are the South will rise again and encompass Ohio. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Terrible. Buddy, I think uh, that's our episode. Awesome. This was a blast. Yeah, man. I'm really glad we got to do this. I told you when I wanted to do new metal, you were very, it was you or my middle school best friend. And uh, by the way, when I get to part two with my middle school best friend, he's going to be so upset. Limp Bizkit's already been taken. Uh, That's okay. Fuck it. Whatever. But uh, I'm the world's biggest Limp Bizkit fan. What can I say? You have a Limp Bizkit tattoo. Yep, hell yeah, mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> but if you want to see that tattoo, you got to go see him live. And where can we find you live, Gene? Uh, like I said, June 30th, I have a show at the Tiny Cupboard. I do. Is, is that with Bandit or is that stand up? No, no, that's stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was asked to host, and it kind of, the show has sort of like a black metal type theme. So ah. they asked me to host. Um, and then, yeah, I, you know, I do stand up i'm doing open mics you can come to a open mic and watch me i don't know <laughs> you know if if you know if you thought this shit was bad wait till you come see me yeah and then bandit <laughs> i think the only thing we're working on a new album but we are going to play full terror assault in chicago in september um so you know if you feel like flying out to chicago to see us come see us Hell yeah. All right, guys, go out, see Gene Meyer, do, see him do all his things. He's he's great. Um, again, if this Flying Fish Brewery thing becomes monthly, I definitely want you on the next one. So Hell yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Awesome. Um, happy Memorial Day. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's go celebrate veterans by getting drunk and eating hot dogs. All right, yeah, I'm- baby.